Today on It's Time. See, compassion doesn't set from a distance and judge a weird situation. But compassion goes and becomes involved with that person and saying, how can I help? I don't even know if I can do anything, but I can pray for you. That's what makes a difference. That's what compassion is. Tuned in to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry of Pastor Mike Kessler from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Pastor Mike has been teaching through the book of 1 Peter, and today we'll be in chapter 3 as we'll hear Mike discuss having compassion for our fellow believers, what it means and why it's important. Here's Pastor Mike. So whether you're correcting your children or trying to have a better marriage or whatever it might be, when those things are lacking in the home... We all need to be admonished. We all need to be built up. We all need to be loved. And friends, it's a market society. If you're not getting it at home, you'll find it somewhere else. And that's the dangerous part of today's society. Listen, if you listen to what I'm saying, you might save your home. Notice what others do for you and say, thank you. There's nothing that feels any better. Am I wrong or does everybody agree with this? See, the problem is today is that we live in a selfish society. A selfish society sits in the chair and says, you do all this for me. Yeah, that's because I'm cool. (laughs) No, (laughs) not. I guarantee you if they're doing it, they're not going to be doing it very long. Because there'll be a point in time where they say, enough's enough and I'm not appreciated. And um, they leave. Do you realize how many homes could be saved if simply somebody would say thank you? You know what? When you say thank you, it says, I recognize what you've done for me. Do you realize that's the first ingredient in becoming a Christian to Christ? Where you look at Jesus and you say, thank you. Thank you. You say thank you. Because it recognizes the effort expended on that person for what they did for me. Jesus did something for you and me, friends, we could never do in ourselves. He died on the cross for us. To save us from our sins. Thank you. You see? Because I noticed. Now he goes on and he says, As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter you are, and if indeed you do good and are not afraid with any terror. He's saying, listen. He's saying, Sarah obeyed Abraham. Now Sarah put her, Abraham put her through a lot of kind of weird stuff. But Abraham, but Sarah trusted God. And God is the one that vindicated. Now it says, likewise, you husbands. Dwell with them with understanding. I saw a t-shirt one time. It says, I only do what the voices inside my wife's head tells me to do. (laughs) But it says, you husbands, dwell with them. The word dwell comes from the word sun, S-U-N in the Greek. But it means literally to cover and to dwell with them. It, it's it's an uh, uh, encompassing thing as a family. Very important. It says to dwell with them with understanding. Now, understanding, friends, some of your old King James Bibles will use the word knowledge here. Dwell with them with knowledge. What it's saying is that to do your best to understand how they think. You go, Michael, I've had five wives. I know how to marry them. No one knows how to understand them. No, 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 I'm not... <laughs> No, really, it's saying this. God wouldn't tell us to do something that's impossible. And understanding, how do we understand? Let me ask you this question. How do you learn? How do we all learn? Observation, listening, the facts. 
And by, by observing someone, you learn about them. You understand them. And understanding somebody is, I think, part of that that says, I love you. It's an I for what you see in that person. How can I minister to you in your life? Understanding simply gets back to, I noticed. Understanding, or in the old King James, with all knowledge, or with knowledge, speaking there again of understanding how they think. Well, I I know girls think a lot different than guys think, you know. Um, women are from uh, Venus and men are from Pluto or whatever it is and and um, Daffy Duck <laughs> but but no I, I mean I know we're different we think different and perceptions are different but it's saying here to dwell with them live with them and here's the secret with understanding understanding faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God and when we observe What the Bible says, when we observe them, we get a better idea and understanding of what they like, what they don't like, and do those things. You see, you can do things that have no meaning in in, in relationships. Well, you know, I I got this this little cartoon on on my refrigerator. I still have it. This guy's getting ready to go away to college. He's on a date with his girlfriend. He goes, you know, we've dated for the last nine months together, and I'm getting ready to go to college, and... I want to give you something to really express my love for you. He pulls a box out of his pocket. The girl's heart is racing. He opens the lid of the box and he says, it's the shift knob off of 67 XKE Jaguar. He thought she was going to be impressed with it. Well, a lot of times, guys, that's the way we are. We think what impresses people doesn't. And what they really need is what we don't do. So guys just say, well, you can't figure it out, so forget the whole thing. No, no, that's not the way you do it observation. What do they like? And see, that sensitizes you not only to them, but I believe to others as well. And in fact, when we get up to the next verse, verse eight, you're going to see that it's all encompassing. Let's, let's finish seven though. It says, likewise, you husbands dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Now uh, that doesn't mean weaker in her love for God doesn't mean weaker in her capacity to serve God. It means that understanding that God has placed us guys at the head of the home. And guys, you need to remain in that position in love. Not as a totalitarian dictator, but somebody that genuinely cares for who you are over. And understanding that they are the weaker vessel, that you want to protect them, that you want to love them, that you want to do nice things for them and help them and bless them. Those are all part of of what love is. As he says here, as and as being heirs together. Notice there isn't one greater than the other. Co-heirs, isn't that something? She's the weaker vessel, but she's a co-heir with you, which means a co-heir means equal, friends. So that's what she is. She's a co-heir with you, Running your household. Now, again, when children come along, you want to have the best environment that you can to raise children in. Now, that doesn't mean that they always come when you think they should. Kids just kind of appear, if you know what I mean. Well, we weren't planning for having kids for another five years. And then she come down with this. It's not, it's not something that you, a lot of times you can plan, but you know what? 
Whenever God brings that blessing or blessings into your life, that you have your home in the best way you can. Now, again, it isn't go out and try to figure it out by watching Bart Simpson, how to have a great home. The way we have a great home is to look and see what the Bible says. And the Bible tells us, again, when, and I've met very few ladies that have trouble submitting to love. But again, you can't blame any one person. It can be either person. It takes two to make a marriage. It only takes one to make a divorce. And so getting back then to what will make a a family survive, be sensitive. In other words, observe, learn. We can learn about a lot of things, guys. We can learn about how carburetors work and, you know, what the best tri-point arrow for archery shooting is. By the way, I had a friend went archery shooting. This is my, this is one of Mike's dirt roads, four-wheel drive. Anyway, shifted in. Coast hunting, never been before. Archery hunting, you get about a three-week advantage over, over, you know, shooting with rifles. He's all excited. He gets his arrows. He's out in the yard practicing. This was my roommate back years ago. And he was practicing and he was getting better and better. And he was all excited. He goes up for the hunt. He's in the, in the forest. This is a true story. He's in the forest. He sees the deer. He's just all excited. Oh! And so he reaches back in his quiver, slices his hand open on the arrow. And he goes, ah! And, and so then he goes, I'm not going to let that stop me. So he pulled the arrow out and sliced the bowstring with the other... As he pulls it out, he cuts the bowstring on his arrow, on his bow. I don't know why I shared that, just had to do it, you know. But we can study and learn about things. But it's interesting here, the Bible says, you study to figure out what makes her tick. So you can be a better minister to the weaker vessel, recognizing she's a co-equal with you. I don't think there's a woman listening today that doesn't want to be treated in the home any less than a co-equal. Amen, ladies? Get over here, you subservient slave. You know, how does that make a woman feel? Oh, yes, my master. (laughs) Guys, they don't respond that way. They get fangs come out of their face. They say words you don't know that they knew. The Bible here says, treat him as a co-equal. Again, let's look at this. He says, as to the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Isn't that weird? The Bible says that, that if you've got kind of things not right at home, if, if, remember what Jesus said? He said, before you lay your offering at the altar and you have ought against somebody, you go get that fixed first before you try to make any kind of intercession with God. He's saying, listen, you, you want to have these issues resolved in your home so that God will hear you and use you and bless you. Now, why is that? You say, well, Mike, I don't understand that. Listen, if you've got a messed up relationship, and most of them, many of them today are. The problem is, if God pours in resources and blessing in your life, that can cause the family to go even farther apart. In other words, instead of dealing with the issue, um, you just try to drown your problems in other areas. And so I believe that this is why God really wants the home to function right. Now, I know some of you have really troubled homes. And, 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 um, all I can tell you is this. I, I don't know really very many people who haven't had one at different times in their life. 
I do believe sometimes it can be seasonal. Sometimes because of people's personalities, it can be very, very uh, longevity type of thing. But I w- will tell you this. If you're single here today, I-, I would just really admonish you in the Lord to really, really look at what the person is and study them before you get involved with them and see what their level of sincerity is towards God and their sincerity is towards you and how they observe you and how they respond to you in love and how and what I mean by that is do they notice you do they see what what uh, um, uh, makes your heart at peace there's a lot of times people do things just deliberately to aggravate the other person and so you want to find that that in, in your life. And if those issues are hard, I would just admonish you to keep on keeping on. You know, I, I do believe that God has a way of someday letting the penny drop or the light comes on or you figure it out or however you want to say it. You go, oh, I get it. That's what you oftentimes hope for. But you know, I, I would just, as it says here, it says, heirs together. Remember, you're in that together. And if you have children, friends, you have an obligation before God to raise those kids in the very best environment that you can. And if that means you're not going to get the new car next year because you're going to stay home and spend some time with the kids, you do that. Things material come and go, but those things that you put in your children's life and how to fix something maybe a little bit older and make it go again you're going to be putting into your children a relationship that they'll remember forever and skills in their lives in interpersonal relationships as well as maybe even some, some you might say, mechanical skills in their life as well as moms instead of, you know, you just maybe not putting all those years of experience that you have in your children. You know, sometimes I was going to tell you, some of you that have waited a little bit longer in life to have kids, you know, in some ways that's not necessarily a bad thing. Think of all the knowledge and wisdom God's given you over the years that you can put in your children's life. My heart goes out sometimes to some of these young married kids in our church that are, you know, 18, 19 years old, they get married and they're having kids by the time they're 20. And I think back when I was 20 and going, oh man, I've learned so much in the last 10 years. Like I said, but we don't know that. You know, like I say, if you don't know how much you've forgotten in life, ask any 18 year old kid, they'll tell you everything you want to know about life. It isn't until you get in your mid-40s, 50s, 30s, whatever, that you realize how dumb you are and how much you don't know. So verse 8, finally, all of you be of one mind. You see, whether in the home, whether in the church, be of one mind. You know what one mind means? All moving the same direction. I Have you ever, um, uh, when, when your body is not in one mind, I remember when I was in seventh grade Sunday school, I just came over from the little side. I was in junior high. I was a big kid now. And I remember we're sitting there. <laughs> this is true, man. This is the weirdest thing I ever saw. <laughs> this girl. And you know, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're 14 years old, you're kind of gawky and everything. Well, she was sitting there and she had her legs crossed like this and she was sitting in the chair. And the youth pastor said, let's all stand up and we'll be dismissed. Well, she stands up, but her foot had fallen asleep. And she fell over. And because her foot was asleep, she couldn't get up, and she was just kind of flopping back and forth. And I'm watching this going, whoa. This is what they do on the big side. When your body does not work, when you're... Oh, there's all kinds of crazy things. You ever... You ever you ever been asleep in bed and fallen asleep like this? And you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, there's somebody's hand on my face. 
Because you don't feel it. It's, 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 it's snoring. I mean, it's gone. Finally, all of you be of one mind. Do you see what he's saying? If there's part of you that isn't working right, it's going to affect the body. And as he says here, be of one mind having compassion. Now, compassion, friends, is generally the opposite of judgmentalism. Oh, look at that person over there. Look what they're doing. Oh, I can't believe they're doing that. Where's my cell phone? (laughs) Compassion says, that's something you don't see every day. I wonder why they're doing that. Maybe I ought to find out. And going over and saying, what's wrong? See, compassion doesn't set from a distance and judge a weird situation. Because friends, we're all going to be confronted in them. But compassion goes and becomes involved with that person and saying, how can I help? I don't even know if I can do anything, but I can pray for you. That's what compassion is. That's what makes the difference. And listen, friends, maybe you're cruising, you're styling, you're spanking the plastic and you got all the money in the world. That means using your credit card without any... But someday down the line, you might be in trouble and you might see somebody that's hurting. And what do you want them, what, what do you want them to do to you if you if, if the shoe's on the other foot? You want compassion. You want them sitting there pointing fingers at you. So he says, be of one mind. This is for everybody to, to have compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender hearted and courteous. Being tender hearted. That, that means that, 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 um, um, that that desire to find wrong in the person's life uh, has gone away. As we look at this this morning, we, we understand the call of God for our life as Christians is going to be interpersonal relationship. It, friends, it, it, as we talked the last couple of weeks, it, it, we talked about bosses. We talked about governments. Today we talked about the home and interpersonal relationships within the family. Have an eye for what others need in their life. You see, the focus then goes from you to them. The, per, the focus then goes from selfishness to others. And when you can then reach out and bless them and help them and encourage them, someday those very things will come to you when you need it in your life. You see, when you are around people that have that heart, it's such a blessing, such an encouragement. That's why I always encourage people, pick your friends wisely. I've always, I've seen people that are very generous with everybody else's stuff. They're not generous at all. They're thieves. On the other hand, I've seen people very generous with whatever they have, they will give to others. And great is your reward in heaven. You see, God sees these things. And I want to encourage you this morning that God wants to bless you. God wants to lift those things. And you say, but Mike, I've got a lot of things bad that I've learned in my life. I had a dad that come home drunk and threw my mom against walls. I had a sister who died when I was little. But I have a very close dear friend, been a friend for, well, since we were probably in 10th grade. And I asked him one time, I said, Danny, how come you don't drink? Because your daddy drank, his granddaddy drank. Why don't you drink? Because I've heard that used. Well, I drink because grandpa drank and daddy drank. We're all a whole family of boozers. And I asked him, I said, Danny, why don't you drink? And you know, he said, he said, Mike, he, and he's a Christian, he said, Mike, I saw... What drinking did to my mom, what drinking did to my grandma, and what it did to my sister, and what it did to me, I swore that I would never, ever drink anything. 
You know what? He's remained true to that promise. Both of his kids love God. His wife's a Christian. And I want to tell you that it doesn't matter what your past is. It ends today at the cross. And God can do new in your life. God can do new in your life. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And now learn Christ, as it says, dwell with them with understanding. Let God teach you new how to treat people. Let God teach you anew how to respond to people. Rather than the way maybe you used to look at them as an opportunity for gain, another notch in the money belt, but now a soul behind that person that you can say, God, I want to respond to you in loving this person the way that you want me to. And you know, the Bible says, come unto me, all you labor and are heavy laden. And Jesus said, I'll give you rest. So if you need rest today, you see those elements in your heart. My heart goes out to every guy here to observe how to bless. That's Pastor Mike Kessler with It's Time. I'd like to take this moment to invite you to get your free copy of It's Time to Grow, the new believers booklet written by Pastor Mike. It's Time to Grow answers many of the questions new believers have in a clear and concise manner, followed by the scripture references for each statement made. It's Time to Grow can be yours simply by dialing 800-357-4226. That's 1-800-357-4226. Or you can order it online for free at csnradio.com. Don't forget, if you'd like a copy of today's program, you can call our toll-free line I mentioned before, and that's 1-800-357-4226. Also, the daily free podcast is available through iTunes by searching for It's Time in the iTunes Store. On behalf of Pastor Mike and all of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening, and tune in next time for It's Time. It's time.